I'm Ian McNally, and you're listening to the McGettin' Fries Movie Podcast. I'm sitting here with... Hi, this is Gavin Yap here. <laughs> Today, we're going to be reviewing Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, as, right. as this movie's still early, we'll probably spend the first 10, 15 minutes talking about the movie without spoilers, and then we'll launch into the outer regions of spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, we'll give you a fair warning. Yeah, we'll put in the BB-8 noise or something. Uh, before we get started, we should say that we are proudly sponsored by Green Room 136. Hell yeah. Urban Carry Gear. <laughs> Also, uh, we're in the middle of doing a little uh, contest, competition, and if you take part, you can win yourself a Genesis backpack. Built with Urban Knights in mind, the Genesis is an amazing backpack for commuters with its triple-layered cover and extended inner shell. Triple-layered? Triple-layered, my friend. You can expect it to be highly weather-resistant and will keep all your things bone-dry. Not just dry, bone-dry. Have you ever, like, touched, held a bone? It's really dry. Is it really dry? Yeah, it's chalky. (laughs) Comfortable and well-padded shoulder straps with support. It's great for long walks. <laughs> uh, Malaysians love long walks. That's right. <laughs> Highly expandable with options to add on additional pouches. This is one backpack you'll instantly grow to love. So enter this competition for the chance to win one. The competition is... To answer this question, it seems that Ben Affleck is probably not going to continue playing the Batman... In the Batman movies, he might he might come back in Flashpoint, yeah. and they'll use that movie to exit him out. The question is, who do you think should replace him, and why? Yeah, give us a funny story. Give it us. Give us a real answer. What do you yeah, think? you can give a real answer. You can give a bullshit answer. As long as you can, but if it's going to be a bullshit answer, it better be a really good one and crack us up, make yeah. us laugh. You know, good entertainment value. Um, so uh, send us your answers to podcast at mm-hmm. and we'll uh, run this for a little bit longer, and we'll get back. We'll announce it on a. A less spoilery cast, uh, so that people don't get worried about being spoiled on anything. Yeah. And with that, we'll move on to our review of Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Episode 8. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Let the past die. Kill it. If you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. So, you got to see us a day ahead of me, bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, you, but you got an all-expenses uh, paid trip to Hong Kong. Not all expenses. I still got to expense my uh, travel, my my uh, taxi. But right, but you yeah. got a free trip. You got a free trip to Hong Kong. Mm. Nice hotel. Tasty got, burger. Tasty burger. Got to interview some people. Oh, it's fun. You're for this is for the uh, Insidious Four. Junket? Insidious Chapter Four: The Lost Keys. Yeah. And uh, who'd you interview? Lin Shay and, and Lee Worrell. So that's Lin Shay. She's been in all of them. Mm-hmm. She's the uh, spirit. Medium Elise and Lee Worrell is the writer of the Saw series and the Insidious series, and he directed Insidious Three. Right, um, all of which, all the Insidious movies I watched on Monday because I hadn't actually around that time I just wasn't into horror that much. Yeah, I, I think I think you got the better end of the stick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now having said that, I was very glad that I got to uh, watch it before everyone else. Did. And you got a poster. I got a poster. I got two posters. Ooh, yes. nice. The wife was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> she was not pleased. <laughs> 
Most, the, the most men, of, it's like the wife comes home from the bookies and they're worried. You come home with posters and she's worried. You know, I mean, the amount of, like, hate messages I got <laughs> from when I posted this stuff on Instagram. I posted that thing, like, in 20 minutes, This is the, the press screening is starting. The amount of people who wrote in, like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> what they don't know is that you feed off that energy. Yeah, yeah. Gets you up in the morning. I've actually grown in size since then. <laughs> Your heart is two sizes bigger. <laughs> That's right. So, you want to you, you go first? Well, because well, I, I know you have. Uh, I'm conflicted. I am. You're, you're yeah, as, con- uh, conflicted you are. Yeah, on, on I mean, this movie. And I was weirded out when you said that you liked it more than the first one because it gave me the impression you weren't mad on the first one. But I, I haven't listened back to the old podcast. But I like, remember very clearly what I said about Force Awakens. I said that as a science fiction romp, mm-hmm. it's very, very enjoyable. It's good. It's really good fun. Yeah. As a Star Wars movie, I have little. I have little issues here and there about it. Mm-hmm. Was that the repeatability and stuff like that? Or? I mean, it was. there was a lot of things. The, the repeatability of it, the whole thing about... I, I wasn't crazy about how Han Solo was dealt. I wasn't crazy about... Um, how easily things went for Rey. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt... You know, I, I had a lot... You know, I mean, it didn't stop me from enjoying the film. Yeah. But these were things that as I'm watching it, I'm like, huh? That's a bit... Really? Yeah. Really? You know, th- things like that. So, uh, there was less of that for me in this one. Mm. And because of that... I felt that as a whole, I enjoyed this one more than Force Awakens. Hmm. Okay. Because yeah. I was, first off, again, it's... I, I, although, I don't, although a lot of the problems that were in Force Awakens do rear their head in this one. Like, things, I, I still have an issue with how easily fucking Ray does, does stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I have a massive issue with that. And I just want to say, I think Daisy Ridley is fantastic. Yeah, and you don't describe to the, the, the was it, Mary Sue... Theory. It's just that it seems like it's easy. I kind of do agree with the Mary <laughs> oh, really? Sue. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, to I mean, I know that people get their knickers in a twist over the over the word the, yeah. the, the the term Mary Sue, and I'm not so sure if I would call her a Mary Sue. But I do have issues with the fact that nothing seems to be difficult for her. Yeah. Um, and part of what made part uh, part of what makes Luke Skywalker such an amazing character is the arc. Yeah. Uh, the that arc that the guy just continually fucks up. Yeah. You know, and he's, <laughs> well, we can relate. He's always just trying to like I'm, I'm just trying. <laughs> yeah, and he just and he just can't get that X wing out of that swamp. Yeah, but still. <laughs> but uh, but with Ray, it's like it, there never seems to be any trying. Yeah, I get, but and, I, that, and that's always bugged me. It bugged me in Force Awakens. It bugged, it bugged me in this. However, Daisy Ridley is great. Yeah, she's she, fantastic. She's really great in the role, and that really uh, smooths over a lot of those issues because she is very, very good. And I think across the board, everyone is very good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like everyone is fantastic. And I think for me, I'll start what I liked this time. Instead of what I did the last time was I start what I didn't like. Oh, right, you go first. You go. What I liked was like the characters all seemed great. Like I mean. J.J. Abrams did a great job in introducing new characters that people fell in love with. Yes. And people wanted to buy the jackets off. I mean, I still want the Finn jacket, and I now want a Cameron, Cameron Poe's new jacket. It's You, you always want to say Cameron, Cameron right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, he directed uh, Almost Famous, right? Dameron Poe? Cameron Crowe? Yeah, Cameron Crowe. <laughs> Poe po Dameron? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can never remember which way it goes. I'm, this was done on purpose. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck you, J.J. Abrams. You, you did s- this on purpose. Have you seen the cover of Esquire Malaysia? Uh, no. Yes, talking with, interview with Oscar Isaac. Talking with Damien Poe. Oh, excellent. Yeah, on the cover. <laughs> okay. So, the characters are all great, and the, the world is I really enjoy. And the setup, the initial setup, like, seeing those letters again on the screen, it's not getting old. No, it's not getting old. Seeing the, no, the Star crawl's Wars amazing. letters and waiting for the, the fanfare to start when the, yeah. when the letters zoom in. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yes! Yes, no, I mean, even even with the, 
prequels. You know, even even you're going to see Attack of the Clones or Return of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith, whatever yeah. it was. You, even when that starts, even though you're going in there with trepidation, it's like, oh, I hope it doesn't suck. Yeah. When that bit happens yeah. for a split second, you're fucking eight years old. And reading the reading the crawl and not knowing what the next sentence is is, yeah. is, a, is a great experience. But by the time it gets to the third paragraph of the crawl, I start laughing. <laughs> it's like this is a bit much. But it's always done. I mean, that's what they did in the cartoon where they had that narrator instead of doing the crawl. I know, I know. War in the, in the Citadel. I would, I would prefer that. You would prefer that. Yes. Episode but, eight. Yeah. They did that in the Clone Wars series. Empire on the Rocks! You know, it was really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, But uh, the characters all worked for me. I kind of like the expansion of the world, but some of the situations that happened kind of got my goat. Yeah, I mean, it's like, in terms of, uh, you know, these really cool new characters, like with Finn and Dameron and with Rey, they're great characters. And uh, even with the new edition, Rose, Rose uh, yeah. by Kelly, uh, played by Kelly Marie Tran, um, I think she's very charming, she's very cute. i got nothing against the character. Mm. But when you have... I mean, so for those of you who have no idea what the story's about, <laughs> you know, so uh, Force Awakens ends with Rey finding uh, Luke Skywalker. So in this film, she's it picks up where that leaves off, and she's trying to get him to teach her the ways of the Force and all of that. Meanwhile, the Rebellion are on the ropes. More, uh, we didn't realize exactly how small the Rebel forces were in the yeah. last movie, that there is literally not that many of them. They're, they all fit on one big ship. Yeah. And they're pursued uh, by the new Empire, the First Order. Mm-hmm. And... Most of them are on this one ship and they're trying to get away and they're caught in this situation that they can't get out of. Yeah. And this is where my biggest problem came in and started. It was the first domino that hit a few things. Because of this, all of your sort of key characters are split up. Yeah. And they go off on their own little missions slash adventures slash journeys. Now, so you've got, you've got Ray, Luke, and... Chewie. And, and Chewie, but also, a little, also Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's one. Then you've got Dameron Poe with the uh, with the rebels with trying Dern. to get away with Laura Dern and with uh, Princess Leia. And Finn and Rose start off with them. And yes. my, this is my problem with the movie is that they're in this kind of interesting death march which we've not done. There's no spherical death machine in this. There's no assault on Hoth. There's something similar but not the same way. Yeah. Like, it is a new Star Wars movie. Yeah. You're seeing new plots. Uh, yeah. Not since Empire have we seen newish plots like this. Yeah. And... I applaud that, and I also like the bringing in of new characters and the sheer diversity of everything in there. And the story also goes a little more to like this. The hunt for Luke was important, but the idea that the Jedi will come in and save everything, or that one person will save everything. Yeah. The beautiful message of this movie is that like we may be small, but if we do, we can we can still fight back, which yeah. I think is a really good message for yeah. this period of time. Like yeah. they are the resistance; they should be on GQ now. <laughs> yeah, and that's all great, but. The characters are formed in this situation where it's a no-win situation, right? Yeah. It's the Kobayashi Maru, literally. Yeah. You're stuck in this situation. But two characters can just escape that and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And just that kind of annoyed me. Because it's like, why doesn't everyone do that? Now, I know there's probably in-world they want their their, their equipment and all this kind of crap. Yeah. But if it's a no-win situation, you should be able to just get out of it and have an 18-hour adventure and pop back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That annoyed me. It was similar to what J.J. Abrams did in Star Trek movies where it no longer takes any time to get anywhere. Warp drive is you're on, you're off, you're there. Yeah. And even the first Star Wars did this. We had the nice conversation between Han, Obi-Wan, and Luke when they're talking about um, hope, hope, ancient religions and hokey weapons are no match for a good blaster. For a blaster yeah. You wouldn't have those conversations if it didn't take a while to get places. Yeah. yeah. So in this, it's like... One group of characters is on a death match, and one group just peels off and is able to go off and have an adventure and come back. And that just felt like lazy writing or something. If they'd split off earlier, it would have made and they found out about it. Right. Grand. But it just annoys me that tech element of it. You see, that that didn't bug me. Mm. That didn't bug me. What did bug me was the actual mission was a wash. Yeah. It like that plot, that whole section to really me, goes nowhere. 
doesn't really need to be there. And no. that, that was what bugged me. The fact that they were able to go off yeah. didn't bug me. It was what they did with that huge chunk of time <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 would, that bugged me. And that was pretty much... Like, the, I've got small little things that, that, uh, that I wasn't crazy about. Because like, there, there's a lot of jokes in this. And some of them and, are and weird. And some of them don't land for me. Yeah, and some of them are... Also, but, like, the humor is odd. Yeah, it's, it's, a different, not, it's, it's not the kind of humor you're used to seeing in a Star Wars movie. Exactly. It's a, it's a different kind of humor. It's like the beginning bit you know, without giving anything away, the beginning bit involving a certain pilot mm. was borderline fucking Mel Brooks kind of uh, Monty Python-esque kind of humor. <laughs> and while I did laugh, I was laughing in a weird way, like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Not like, oh God, this is so funny, but it's like, what the fuck is this? this no, I'm laughing and then I'm saying like, again, yeah, is this a Star Wars movie? Mm. And I mean, fair to Dwayne Johnson, he manages to put in a lot of Star Wars in this. Yeah, yeah. And... It's just these moments stick out weirdly. And it's it also has a weird thing where it feels like a course correction, even though no course correction is needed. Mm. Like, there's mysteries set up in the first movie that are dealt with almost immediately and are thrown away, or mm. they are just not dealt with at all. Yeah. But also, they're not dealt with, but they're literally, they're blown out an airlock. You're never going to see them again. Yeah. And you'll never find out about those things at all. Yeah. And that was like, and I, I've heard Ryan Johnson said that he was just given free, free hand with the script, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, they changed elements of... They changed the ending slightly of mm. The Force Awakens because he wanted to do something with Luke. Yeah. That if J.J. had done something in the previous one, it wouldn't work. Mm. So they did make that change. But I'm like, he was given the pieces and he just did weird things with them. It was basically like, okay, I like this. Yeah. All like, of this is in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. I like this bit. <laughs> this stuff here. Never mind. So in a way, it felt like a soft reboot. And... I feel I feel good about that reboot. I just don't feel it was necessary. Like at the end of this movie, your heroes are in much more dire straits, but they have a much more stronger idea of what it is they're fighting for and what how they can fight. Because uh, it, it again for the times we live in, it's these are Star Wars movies, yeah. and this universe has lived in constant war yeah. for so fucking long. Yeah. Going back to like the old Republic and all yeah. this stuff, yeah. there's been yeah. nothing but war. Yeah, and these this, guys have just not stopped running, not stopped fighting. Yeah, and not even just these movies. In all the movies, you know, yeah. they, there's always been an empire. There's always been Sith. There's always been the, the, shit. Fu the fucking comic books, the fucking yeah. books. The, the you're cartoons, looking if you get a like, week without someone trying to blow up your planet or you know, something, and. One, I like one time they had the balls to do a Christmas special. It was just the <laughs> worst, didn't go well. The worst decision ever. It's like it's like Space Eastenders. Yeah. No, nothing can ever be okay. No, <laughs> literally, yeah. But this movie points towards how, like, not like let's you know let's fight them with love. It's kind of there's a different way to do things. Yeah. And there's a generational thing going on as well in that everyone from the first movie knows how to be a hero, yeah. but they don't know how to be a leader. Yeah. And I think that is why the side mission is a wash. Yeah, because they don't have the they're not wise enough they don't, to know that that is not going to help or they don't know that they don't have they're not wise enough to know that a certain a certain commander has a certain plan. Basically, they need a legacy character to go with them. Yeah. to make that thing actually have some weight. Yeah. Cuz when it's just Finn and Rose, it's just not enough. Yeah. And then the stuff with uh, Dameron Poe get Poe Dameron gets to have like a weird thing going on in his situation where he's not being told stuff whereas it just be like it's kind of manufactured conflict in a way yeah it doesn't feel natural especially because like he's, he's the hottest part of the rebellion has yeah I mean the strongest bit of the whole film is the Luke Ray mm. uh, Ben triangle yeah that is the that is the, the the heart of the film and that is the the driving motor of the movie and that that part of the film I loved yeah. I thought that was done Beautifully well. I mean, let's talk about the performances just a little bit. Mark Hamill is amazing. He's brilliant in this. Yeah, I mean, 
God damn it. Why didn't this guy, why didn't people just didn't give him the opportunity to do like non Star Warsy movies? Because there is so much emotion and it's very much, um, wasn't not Harrison Ford in the first one, Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. We were talking yeah, about like yeah, yeah, yeah. just a look. Yeah. Like the, the look of. He does, he, Mark Hamill does in this film what Harrison Ford did in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Just amazing. He's looking over his shoulder at somebody and there is the hint of a tear in his right eye. Yeah. yeah. And it sells everything he's saying is so much more. The same goes for Carrie Fisher. Yeah. There's moments where she's just sitting in a window. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. And you're like, God damn, give this woman an Oscar. Yeah. It's like, fucking good. They're so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> and because of this film, Luke's arc is amazing. Yeah, it really is an amazing arc. Now, I would I would love to see episodes four, five, and six, and then just skip episode seven. <laughs> and just there's, watch this. there's a moment involving some burning just before yeah, yeah, something yeah, happens yeah. there, and there's a mo- we'll get this as spoilers. And there's just a moment there where it's like you know when we last when we left Luke in Return of the Jedi, he was you know he was a goth hanging out in Jabba's palace. It's like, well, I'm a master like my father. And yeah. He was like you know king of the fucking world, motherfucker. Yeah, and this movie shows him as someone who's lost that yeah and there's a moment a brief conversation where he is that fanboy again yeah, yeah he's yeah. literally like it's just as if he's like wide-eyed and innocent and hearing stories from uncle ben again yeah and that's so that was so well done yeah yeah and there's also another bit it's very difficult to talk about bits hmm. without going into sports so let's just like talk well, so the performances they're all great yeah they're they're every you know like adrian edmondson's in this movie that's right i fucking was like huh when I saw it, it's Eddie from Bottom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fucking, um, was it Marion? Was it Marion in the, the, the Young Ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah. seeing him, and also, like, he's he's doing the stuff he's always done. Like, there's a few wry looks at Admiral Hooks, or General yeah. Hooks, that yeah, are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. just, like, you expect him to just, like, whip out a frying pan at some point? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the performances across the board are great. Like, um, you know, it's great to have um, Captain Phasma back. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren Well, is- Captain Phasma was wasted. Was again. Wasted again. Kylo Ren is much better in this. Yeah. Uh, I felt that... Um, yeah, Adam I Driver? I, think, I thought that uh, Adam Driver was... I mean, I liked him in the first one as well, but he was... You know, he was cool until he wasn't. Yeah. Whereas in this one... He... You know, well, the thing is, now you know who he is. Yeah. And you yeah. know about his, like, tantrums. Yeah. And, and the way that certain characters, like, deal with him... Yeah, yeah. Is... It really shows you what world he's in and like, oh, he's, again, he's not Return of the Jedi Luke. He's a little bit less than that. Mm-hmm. And the reasons for that are gone into. And that is all, that's really good stuff. And uh, Oscar Isaac, to me, made a much stronger impression this time around mm-hmm. than in Force Awakens. I, I felt that he was kind of wasted in Force Awakens. Well, or in no, Force no, Awakens, no. he was supposed to die, right? Yeah. Originally, in, in, origi- in early drafts, he was supposed to die. And in this, yeah, he's given a hell of a lot more to do. And I want to have his babies. <laughs> I mean, the man is amazing. Yes, John Boyega is very solid as Finn, but yeah. not really given a whole lot to do in this one. Yeah. Um, as I say, like my biggest my, my biggest issue with this film is actually the bits with him and Rose. What did you think of? Oh, sorry. Yeah. What did you think of? Yeah, go on. No, you first. No, 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 no. Because no, 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 that whole midsection is just saggy to me. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's got some really cool individual bits. Um, Benicio Doro, Benicio del Toro turns up. It's weird. And um, <laughs> it's weird. And to me, that was also another problem. It didn't land. Yeah. It didn't land. Like, I mean, it was a great Benicio Del Toro performance, and it's another twitchy little thing that he's introduced. He's introduced, but like, it just doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. It's like a Benicio Del Toro performance now is like, oh, I'm just gonna add a, I'm just gonna add a stutter. Yeah, but it's where he adds the stutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what was it in Guardians of the Galaxy when he did the stones? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, Benicio Del Toro is one of those actors. He's always fun to watch, but I felt yeah. that his character in this film was a. Maybe some parts ended up on the cutting room floor, but yeah, it just didn't land for me. That yeah. bit. Um, I did feel BB-8's got to, they got to watch out with BB-8. Mm. He's getting like, he's OP, he's overpowered. Yeah. Like he's got to get nerfed at some point because he, he saves the day in certain parts of this, but like some of it, 
he saves the day at the very beginning yeah. just for comedy yeah. element which works okay yeah. and um, but there's bits near the end where it's like he's saving the day all the time mm-hmm. like why hasn't why isn't the movie about him because yeah. he seems to be way more capable than these fuckers yeah. and that is a problem because if one droid's like that why aren't all the droids like that yeah. and if they don't you know maybe there's a comic book out there that he was you know programmed by some master hacker or something or he's super, there's a super important thing about him yeah. but otherwise it just feels like well you know why were the droids in the prequel so bad if BBA can just like BBA can do all these missions on his own he doesn't need these flashbacks with him mm-hmm. and he'll actually do it quicker and better mm-hmm. and that's that's a problem because he's supposed to be the psychic mm-hmm. Andy Serkis is awesome as always mm-hmm. as uh, Supreme Leader Snoke um, it's very bittersweet watching Carrie Fisher in this. Yeah, very bittersweet. I mean, part of that is that leads to kind of those appreciations of those quiet moments. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, she is. There is one standout moment involving her mm-hmm. where you're just like, "Fuck yes!" Just, oh uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's yeah. also a moment where she's just wearing a coat. Yeah, the, where, uh, where, it's, there's a door uh, with, by the door. Yeah, great shot. Great fucking shot. And just like pop collars are all in. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just she just sounds that, and she and they didn't. They didn't deal with her death in uh, in any way, which is nice. Meaning Carrie Fisher's death. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> like they uh, just like it's. But you can. There but, and... but you can totally see that uh, what Mark Hamill has been saying in interviews is absolutely true. Is that episode? Is that episode seven is Han Solo, episode eight is Luke, and episode nine is Leia? You can yeah. you can totally see they were setting up for something like that. So how they're gonna deal with that is uh, gonna be very interesting to see. Um, Laura Dern was great. Laura like, Dern's awesome in everything. Yeah, and it's just it's another great haircut after Twin Peaks. And yeah. uh, I was just slightly weirded out, but like, why do generals get to wear evening wear while everyone else is in dungarees? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a weird decision in the design <laughs> choice. <laughs> but like, there's a moment between her and Carrie Fisher which is just amazing. Yes, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoy. Like I said, it's this thing about this soft reboot because it puts the rebels and our heroes in a really we're in a tight spot. We're in a real tight spot at the end of this, mm-hmm. and that feels like this reboot thing where we're going into the third movie now and whatever happens after that with Ryan Johnson's own trilogies. Yeah. And there's no way they can use a Death Star in the next movie. Yeah. Or it, it shouldn't... If the, the, the setup for this is not that. Yeah. The setup for the next movie seems to be more like actual real rebellion, guerrilla warfare. Not guerrilla warfare, just like undermining the authority. Yeah. And that is an interesting place for this to be because prior to this, Star Wars always leant on these heroes, Mm -hmm. leaned on these heroes Mm -hmm. to save the day. Mm -hmm. Whereas this movie sets out that we all have to work together to save the day. That you can't rely on just one or two people or five or however many fit in the Millennium Falcon cockpit. It's Mm -hmm. gotta be a team effort and there's a place for everyone in there. I think that's why Rose is there a lot Mm -hmm. and why a lot of the support crew are also like given meteor roles, like meteor roles, but they're they're, they're there throughout to show that. They're there and they're ready to. They're, they're still willing to do whatever needs to be done. It just means that that what might need to be done is might not be picking up a gun anymore. It might be doing something else, and that's hugely interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get the sense of it as a another soft reboot. It did feel like a continuation, like like a sequel, hmm. but it just felt that um, you know, like uh, there was only so much that they could continue with and and give it the necessary time. Hmm. And and I think that at the end of the day, Ryan Johnson was was clever enough to understand that at the end of Force Awakens. All you really give a shit about is what happens with Ray and Luke. Yeah, and he was clever enough to have that be the focus. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. As you know, as we've pointed out, he didn't uh, resolve everything that was brought up in Force Awakens. But then again, there's still Episode Nine for that. But what he. But I didn't see it as a reboot. I just saw it as like, okay, we're going to continue with this aspect of it. Yeah. Because we, we don't have enough time for this shit. Yeah, I think that's you that's know? the soft reboot element. That's yeah. the soft element. It's like we're going to have to deal with Maz uh, Kanata another day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, overall, review-wise, I mean, 
I enjoyed it. I just found more to nitpick with it than the previous one. Okay. I felt I didn't love it out the gate. I am going to see it again. Um, so I've, you know, I've seen The Force Awakens a few times now. So I'm going to see this a few more times. I'll, I'll, I'll bet it out because it's a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and, like, and I do feel that um, this movie because I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. You know, I really, really want to see it again. And I didn't necessarily feel that way about Force Awakens. Mm. Uh, however, every time I have turned on HBO and Force Awakens is on... You can't turn it off. I can't turn it off. And it is one of those movies that... Weak-minded it, fool. It is one of those movies that has uh, gone up in my sort of uh, estimation of mm. it oh, uh, as, as time has gone by. But in terms, in terms of immediate reaction, I enjoyed Last Jedi more than Force Awakens. And that's something to, to weigh these against the originals is like those originals are ingrained in their psyche and our culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might as well be sitting here in Star Wars t-shirts for all the insults it's had in our lives. Yeah. And these movies will, I think they I will mean, grow I, into I, that. I, to, I feel that they will grow into that. I don't feel like it's not an alien movie. As a kid, I used to say to my mom when she wanted me to clean my room, I used to say, look, it's not like I like the Empire. I hate it. There's just <laughs> nothing I can do about it right now. <laughs> And she said, shut up and drink your blue milk. She had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and then I had to clean my room. But, yeah, I mean, these movies, whether we like it or not, they're not just movies anymore. No, they're cultural zeitgeist. Yes. They're juggernauts of the cultural zeitgeist. Yes. And I think what they're doing with that is incredibly interesting and brave yes. and new. And that's great. It's yeah. not like they're not wrestling on the laurels in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I think... As what, I said, it's not a Ridley Scott alien movie. No. But I think what I really liked about this one compared to Force Awakens is that Force Awakens at the end of the day was an adventure. Mm -hmm. It was a ride. It was a romp. Mm. This one has those things too, but this one has a spiritual core that I found very fast, that I found mm. very interesting, that I yeah. found very compelling, yeah. um, that was absent from Force Awakens. Mm. Uh, they might have touched on it a little bit here and there, but they really sort of go into the nuts and bolts of it in this one. And, and I really, really uh, appreciated that and enjoyed that. And that was also something that just added to Mark Hamill's performance as well. Just yeah. the whole idea of regret. <laughs> you know, like horrible, horrible regret. <laughs> but, uh, it just takes one, one act to doom a universe, almost. Well, I mean, but Mark Hamill said that he uh, came up with a, a whole other backstory. Yeah. Because in his mind, that one act wasn't enough. Because mm. in his mind, he was like saying to Ryan Johnson, it's like, a Jedi doesn't give up. Yeah. I might go away for a year, but 30 years? Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. A, there's an interview with Slash Film as well they played. And he's like, he was like, had all these ideas and stuff. And then he's like, well, actually, no, I'm not Luke Skywalker. I have to, I have to, yeah, know, I have to yeah. let you guys do what you want to do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, but, I mean, he's, but, he's, he's, he's held that torch for so long. Yeah. I mean, it is part of him. But it's, it's kind of funny. I was uh, having a chat with uh, another huge Star Wars fan, Edwin Suman, yesterday. And we were talking about some of the things that Mark Hamill occasionally says that gets himself into trouble. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, I wish that Disney had uh, taken more of George Lucas's notes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just but things like that. And then I and then I realized something. Mark Hamill, in many ways, in this regard, reminds me a lot of Joe Pearson. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Pearson is the guy who directed War, War of the Worlds, Goliath. He worked uh, on uh, he worked on some of the concept art for um, Crash Bandicoot, the yeah, original one. Yeah, uh, great guy. He's, he's been he's been great to me and the wife. Was very good to you when yeah. we crashed over at his place when we went for uh, Comic Con in two thousand ten. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, like Joe, like and Mark Hamill and Joe Pearson. One thing that I find that I have, they have in common with each other is that they're fanboy first, yeah, and the other thing second, yeah. And when you watch Mark Hamill in interviews, he he gives fanboy answers, yes, which aren't necessarily the kind of answers you want to give when you're trying to sell a product. Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, the PR rep is in the corner trying yeah. to fucking force choke him into yeah. silence. Because I can imagine that that whole 
you know, George Lucas taking the notes thing was part of a much bigger conversation. Because mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy that just goes off on tangents. And because, you know, um, Luke is not the protagonist. And they're like, that's Ray now and doing yeah. this, doing that. Back when I did it with George. And by the way, George did give notes. You know, yeah, it was yeah, probably yeah. some <laughs> shit like that. Because you've seen him do that in yeah, interviews. I'm, I'm and Joe Pearson would do similar things because he'd give fanboy answers and then you'd have Leon in the back going, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying you're wrong. It's just... (laughs) Now is not the time. Now is not the time. But at the same time, you love him for it because of of the enthusiasm and the passion. pure love of the passion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because he's just such a fan. So one note to finish off our review section. Before we go into spoilers. Porgs. I was going to say that. (laughs) Before going into spoilers, I was going to like, Porg or no Porg? It's weird. It's... Um, um, I, th- There's a very odd joke at the introduction to the Porgs, which is supremely odd for Star Wars or for anything, and it's kind of dark. Yeah, it's really dark, and it's like what? But I wanted it to go the you know I was like when 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 they introduced that part, I know the bit you're talking about. I'm the, like, go all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go all the way. If you're gonna do it, go all the way. And they didn't, and I was no. like, fuck. And with that, I, I mean, sh- you've already done it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You can't undo what he did. You can't undo it. Yeah. So what's the difference? Yeah. And on that note, I think we'll jump straight into spoilers. Okay. I need someone to show me my place in all this. Okay, so... From so this Chewie's point, eating the yeah the spoilers. This is spoilers. Spoilers, yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're going to spoiler territory. We're going to be talking about very specific scenes that will spoil the film for yeah. you. So if you, if haven't, you haven't seen, seen it, it, come back later. Yeah. So Chewie's like roasted a pork. He's already <laughs> roasted it, and you can it's, see the little legs. He didn't it's cut all, the legs off. It's already fucking dead. Yeah, and the other ones are looking at him like, like what the fuck? But I'm like, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's already you've done the deed. It's and like. But that give the, the actor who plays Chewie gets to do some amazing eye acting in that yeah. scene. His yeah. like his double takes are fantastic, matched yeah. only by the porg's trembling lip. Yeah. There's another porg beside him who's like trembling. Is that the one who sticks with him the whole time after that? I don't know because you can't tell porgs apart. Mm. I mean, it's it's cute when you see the, like the porg with like the hatchlings in the fucking yeah, 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 yeah. inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's just odd. Yeah. <laughs> so so in episode nine, Millennium Falcon is just gonna be full of porgs. Mm. It's just gonna the rebellion and porgs, two two two, two categories of cargo. Yeah. So, the first thing from spoilers is, like, Snoke, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, we get no... We see him in real, you see him in real life now, mm-hmm. in his nice red throne room, mm-hmm. and um, he does look like a bad clone experiment or something like that, right? Because yeah, yeah. his face is like, there's no way that's, you know, he hasn't crashed his Mazda and yeah. walked away from it. That's not, a, that's not a scar kind of thing. That looks like he was built wrong. Yeah, yeah. But Kylo Ren kills him. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not given... I mean, I love the interplay between them as well, where he's yeah. like, you're fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's nagging him the whole time. Yeah. And Kylo Ren has enough of it. But I thought that was a stroke of genius, because I didn't see that coming no. at all. I did not see that coming at all, and I thought that was great. Uh, what they did... With- and the way they did it, because it's like, oh, I see the future, and I yeah, see yeah. him turning his lightsaber on, and he's turning a lightsaber, but he's not turning that one. Yeah, yeah. And it's... It's uh, the Kansas City Shuffle. Yeah. And the... Uh, you know, just the way that they handled the relationship between uh, Ben Solo and uh, and and Ray, I thought was very nicely done because it's it's this really because you, you think to yourself, where where can you take it? You know, and and it, they they take it in a very interesting direction where it's not it's not so clear cut. You know, like they take it in this point where they 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 could potentially become romantically involved, even. You know, I mean, but you're not sure, yeah, you're not sure. And uh, there's this there's this 
element introduced of them being able to talk to each other. Yeah. And like Kylo Ren's like, can you see around me? Because I can't see around you. What's going yeah. on there? Like they're, yeah. they're, they're worrying about it at first. At first he's just like, fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. And not even hearing what he's saying. Yeah. But the way that grows and like they see each other and it's like, I saw you turn and I saw you turn. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, what? And just that bit where he's got no shirt and she's like, do you have a, like a, a something to cover? <laughs> <laughs> Which again is like very suddenly like very bizarre humor where suddenly it becomes you get flashes of uh, Amidala and Anakin. Yeah. You know, with this bizarre, awkward romance. All of the romance in with the, all of the romance in Star Wars movies is just hugely awkward. Mm. Like, like Except Carrie Fisher and Han, and, Solo. and Han Solo. And then you got uh, Finn and Rose having some bizarre thing going on, and it's like their chemistry is not what, but what I like about that is that Finn doesn't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that, and like she and she's introduced again, almost as a Mary Sue. She's someone in the background who comes forward and gets to have an adventure. Yeah. And she's like, "You're the Finn." Yeah. And he's like, "The Finn." Mm-hmm. And then she has to shock him. So it's like seeing your heroes fuck up yeah. straight away. Like yeah. again, this is the grounding thing they're doing the whole way through. I think Carrie Fisher says that thing about like um, you can't solve every problem by. First of all, she says you can't solve every problem by hopping in the X wing and blowing something up. And then yeah. a minute later, it's like, mm-hmm. "Shall I hop in the X wing and blow something up?" And it's like, "Yes, that's brilliant." But she says something about you can't be here all the time, or you need. She's the one who says the thing about heroes and leaders. Yeah, yeah. In that, like, you need to keep people in the back. I mean, it's something they do on that. They've done before. Maybe in the TV no, no, shows because or, you know it's, it's because of um, the the amount of like oh, they they lose all of their bombers. Yeah. In the opening sequence, and sending then, people to their death, and then That's... and then uh, when then when later when uh, Leia is confronting Dameron about it, and Dameron's like, you know, those men are heroes. It's like dead heroes. Yes. No leaders. Exactly. You know. That's and, the one. And That's the one. Uh, and. It's, I think it's that, such a great line. I think they might have dealt with that a little bit in the Clone Wars cartoon, maybe in Rebels, where the idea, they, they definitely dealt with it in Star Trek, mm. where it's like the, 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 the burdens of command. Mm. It's like it's all, it comes across in all, Battlestar Galactica probably as well, yeah. sending someone you know to their death yeah. is a huge thing for anyone to deal with. And yeah. none of these heroes have done that. Yeah. They've gotten away every time. Yeah. And that's not going to happen because the, the, the rebellion goes from 30, 30 uh, from four ships, 30, 30, 30 ships, something like that, or one big ship, to literally. 30 small ships mm-hmm. to 13 skimmers mm-hmm. to enough people that fit on the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah. all that's left. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a huge hill to climb in nine. Mm-hmm. But it's also a really good story. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, at the end, they say that, you know, that when they put out the uh, when they put out the, the They're message, hoping for people from the outer they're regions. They're hoping for the people from the outer regions to come. So I'm sure that'll play into it to yeah. a certain extent. But they also kind of weirdly kind of flip that and tie it to today where it's like this Canto bike planet, this rich planet of gamblers and all this kind of stuff. It's like they steal this car, plane, mm-hmm. ship. And Benicia says, oh, who owns this? And it's like, oh, he sells it to the Empire. And then the next screen is he sells X-Wings as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all they're doing is propagating the... American military yeah. industrial complex. Yeah, it's yeah. like this no, is there is there is a huge sort of social commentary that is going on, which is surprising that, for Star Wars because it was that, always that, fantasy that rockets the Star Wars movies into present day in in a way that none of the other Star Wars movies have. But it this, works. It does. It does because it it never doesn't feel Star Wars. Yeah, you know. So it's like even though you know that they and the thing is is that it may or may not be conscious. Yeah, you know, it you, may just be the story they're it telling. It may just be the story that they're telling, but it just so happens that it is sort of relevant yeah. for, for where we find ourselves today. Was the Mel Brooks bit you were talking about the bomb bomb controls? The bomb controls? That, no, no. It was uh, the Mel Brooks Monty the, Python The phone bit, call. The phone call. Yeah, the phone call was weird. The phone call was weird. On its own, funny. Yes. In a Star And also, Wars- in the subtitles, you can see... I didn't notice it quite in the, in the, in the dialogue, but in the, in the subtitles you get in Malaysia, it's like, I'm looking for general hugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not hugs, it's hugs. It's hugs. I like, can you hear me now? And I mean, it, that's a that's a fucking nineteen ninety five mobile phone joke. Yeah, and 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 Donald Gleason just seems to be of the opinion like that. Uh, 
Uh, well, if we're gonna do this kind of humor, I need to turn the camp up to uh, to, to eleven. He's a cartoon. Yeah, but no, but especially in that scene. Yeah, yeah. In all of the other bits, he tones it down a little bit. But in that scene, he was just like hawks. It's hawks. You know, it, it yeah. becomes. It's very sort of panto. Yes, very panto. And they've done stuff with his hair and makeup as well. Like a t- he looks like a cartoon. Yeah, he looks like he's from the Clone Wars. Cartoon. He does. He does. He does. Like the shading on his face and everything. Yeah, they've done like something. There's a bags under his eyes, and uh, there's a point where when after Red, Kylo Ren kills Snoke and Kylo Ren's on the floor and he's looking around, like hooks walks in, is like fuck. Yeah, and he's just he's going for his gun. He's like, I could shoot him in the head now. Yeah, no yeah, one yeah, fucking yeah. knows. And then he moves, and he just like co- covers the coat. Mm, yeah, that's a great moment. It's a great moment. No, there's a lot of. A lot but there's of... not like there's not a character there. There's just a shouty red haired man. Yeah, no, no, there isn't a real character. Just like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about Mark Hamill. Yeah, I, I mean the moments that obviously that he obviously in the JJ Abrams original script he said something at the end. Yeah, and apart from Ray being close enough to hand him a lightsaber in the in the close-ups and far enough away to be like far enough away in the long shots yeah he just takes the lightsaber and chucks it over his shoulder and he just walks off i mean that was something that like we would write yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and then throw out after the third drop but it works really well and the creatures on the island the other ones the 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 the, the keepers they were just comedy relief what like even by star wars creature standards what the fuck were they Mm. Like they were, they they were, were Mr. Toad's wild ride. They were like they were Mr. Toad from Wind in the Willows. It's yeah, but, in, a, in drag, you know. But it, it was like it was like a mutated sound of music. Yeah, you know? it was froggy sound of music. It's like what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is bullshit. What's wrong with your face? Like you say, like porg or no porg. I'm like, who the fuck are they? Yeah, yeah. like they bugged me way more than the porgs. Yeah, they, 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 the visual design didn't really sit with the rest of Star Wars. Yeah, it felt very. It felt like a different movie. Like that's also, it felt like a also design wise, something it stuck out with me the last time, and it didn't. It was in the background, but it's a bit more foregrounded now. I always thought Nyan Yub was a little guy. Nyan Yub? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I always yeah. thought, because he, he, when he's sitting in the Falcon with uh, Lando, yeah, Lando yeah. he's like shoulder height. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's got a big head, but I assumed he had a small body, you know? Or it was, yeah. it was, it was a proportionally big looking head compared to his shoulders. Yeah. Whereas in this, he seems to be a normal sized human with a giant fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> and it just looks odd. Nyan so I was, I was, it was as well that the reboot thing was as well as like the bridge gets blown out and it's like Akbar and all the leaders are gone. Yeah. That was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's again getting rid of, I mean, they're literally cleaning house. Yeah. And I thought that was how they were going to get rid of Leia. I thought yeah, maybe. Yeah. And, and, but, but, but when Leia is like, you know, the force is strong with this one. Yeah. Like just, that was great. It was great, but it was also, the execution was weird. It was a CGI Leia. Her face, like they were doing the, they were doing the Guardians of the Galaxy slowly ice over thing kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it was just, it didn't sit for me. I don't know oh, why. Really? It just didn't look good for me. I didn't like it. I didn't out, have that problem. I think it was maybe because she was out there too long. If you'd come out and come back in quicker, maybe it would have sold it a bit more. Right. I didn't have that problem. I, I, I thought that was an amazing, great, crowd-pleasing moment. It definitely was. I was just yeah. like, huh? Yeah, and it's like, uh, no, I, I had no issues with that. I'm like, believability? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's great. Yes. I loved that. And then she blows a door in with the force because like, fucking, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she just like shoots Cameron Dameron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um... The uh, when when Luke and R two are reunited, beautiful. That was great, and, and, the, way, the, and the way he said R two twice was exactly like Episode four. Yeah, it was like R two, R two, R two. Yeah, that, like, that was the sound clip on one of the little toys, the little troop transport. You yeah, could press R two D two. Where are you? R two, R two. Yeah, but then and R two gets small role, but like the cheap shot, the cheap shot of yeah. playing Princess Leia yeah. saying, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope," and it's like. That was a cheap shot. Yeah, <laughs> and, but like, see, and also, <laughs> and Mark Hamill's so grizzled now. Yeah, like his voice, especially. It's like it's you know he's 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 really got that sort of gravelly. He's a Jedi Master, motherfucker. <laughs> but what I really liked is that 
because at one at Throughout and this, you know, throughout it, you're kind of in danger of having Luke look stupid because oh. because Ray is constantly sort of kneeling and, and, him. Yeah, but what I did like is that ultimately everything Luke said was right. Yeah, everything that he told her was actually right. She was just, she was just, you know, not listening. Yeah. What was the three lessons? There was like, um, oh, what the Force is as well. It's like it binds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then. There was three lessons he taught her anyway. Yeah. I mean, but he also shits on the Jedi, which is good. Yeah. And I'm thinking like... No, because when he says, the legacy, when you think about it, the legacy of the Jedi is failure. Yeah. And there's, and there's the, a and, lot of truth to that. And the portrayal of the Jedi in the prequels was they're massive dickheads. Yeah. They were fucking so up themselves, they didn't see problems coming. And yeah. they also caused all these problems for themselves. Yeah. That was, I mean, like, that, that was what he said. Like at the, at the, three at the, H's. At the peak of At the peak of their powers, the Jedi handed over power to fucking... Uh, what's Palpatine? Yeah, Palpatine, and they and they trained the Lord of the Sith. Yes, and he says his hubris, something else, and something else is like that. Hubris is the one that stick in my mind because they were always massively hubris. They were yeah. so up themselves they didn't see problems coming. Yeah. Speaking of Jedi Masters, Yoda. Fuck me. <laughs> that was like I told you before about the guy when it was when Yoda took out his lightsaber in uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like some guy in Dublin cinema was going, "What the fuck?" And the whole place erupted with laughter. This is a similar moment, but not as funny. It was just like, I, at first I thought Yoda looked crap. Yeah. But then when he, like, Luke can't bring himself to burn the Book of the Jedi because you find out later he hasn't actually read them all. Yeah, but yeah, That's yeah, again, yeah. that's far more yeah, lazy yeah, as yeah. Luke. Choosing the, 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 the quick and easy path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Yoda, Yoda just does it for him. And yeah. then when Luke freaks out, he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> and when, when, when he hits Luke on the head with his stick, I was like, brilliant. And, and it's amazing that at that, like what you were saying, like... With Mark Hamill's performance, I mean, I'm going to talk a lot about Mark Hamill's performance yeah. because it's the center of the movie. It's the center of the movie, and also like, where's the guy fucking been? You know, yeah. I mean, like, he should be doing more shit if this performance is anything to go by. And I hope that this does sort of open more doors so he, so he can have like a cool last act. He can do Macbeth. He can do something. <laughs> he can do something. Doesn't have to always be in a fucking sound booth. Yeah. You know. Uh, but there's a moment with that, and it's just like he hits what? him on the head in that moment. Like what you say, he is that young fucking oh, and he's just lying on the grass looking at Yoda That's, yeah. it's the exact same as they were on Dagobah and it's that, so well done and that and that shot of the two of them sitting next to each other watching the tree burn was just beautiful yeah. it was just so beautiful and the final shot of, of Luke on the rock on the rock doing his Ben with, Kenobi trick doing his Ben Kenobi trick but that final final shot where it, it mirrors him looking out into the sun in episode 4 so the weird thing there was I thought there was something in the sun no, it's two the, suns. The, no, but he's looking, but the first time you see it, there's like a black, I thought it was a black dot, and it might have been just a cloud or something weird mm-hmm. on the projector screen. I thought it was like, oh, someone's coming. Yeah. Because there's that shot uh, from the trailers, and it's from above, and it's, I think it's not, I don't know where it was, but it's like Ren and people walking, they're walking into the base later yeah, on, yeah. but that shot looks like they're walking into the tree area. Yeah. So I thought that was going to come. I thought someone was coming for Luke, and that's why he would pull his disappearing trick. Right. What did you think of his uh, forced projection? Fucking loved it. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Because I was kind of... I mean, no, because like I had this thing where I'm I'm just like... Because I was already at that point in a very... Not not crying place, but in a very emotional place because just before then he was reunited with Leia. Then when he kisses her on the on the on the on the forehead, like that got me. And then and, when, when, and then he gives her Han Solo's furry dice. Yeah, yeah. That was a weird thing. Yeah, and then when he. When he uh, walks out and they have that shot of him in the foreground and the walkers in the background. I have been w- dreaming of seeing a shot like that in a, in a, in a film. Because that, that reminds me of Dark Empire, you know, where he, yes. levels, where he levels the at-at walkers. Yes, yeah. and it's also the video game Force, Force Unleashed. You got mm. to play as a guy called Starkiller. Mm. And there's a point where you're, you have to, you know, 
use the sticks correctly and hit the buttons in the right way and you pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky. Yeah. So I was thinking, is he going to pick up an Ana, crush it, it and then use it as a giant force bat? So so all of that shit, you know, like uh, just looking at the shots, looking at the imagery, I'm like, I've been fucking dreaming of this shit. Did you feel cheated then when it was a hologram? I didn't because, I mean, at the end of the day... He got... I mean... I did, and then he gets that badass moment where he walks out. And there's another joke that kind of doesn't land, but it's, it's again, it's on this thin line mm-hmm. where he walks out of like all these Adat workers, these heavy Adat workers, blowing the shit out of his yeah, one and spot. He, and he just and he just dusts just dust off his shoulder, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kylo Ren fucking loses, loses it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that bit, like when Kylo Ren realizes he's been fucked, mm. and then like Luke has that, that bit Luke where he's just like, "See you around, kid." Yeah, you know. I was like, that was all, because in, in in that moment. That was such a Han Solo moment. And it was just sort of He cool. didn't just learn from the Jedi. Yeah, you know, it was just so cool. It's like, and, and... Also, but the, but, but the, as soon as I realized what was going on, I knew he was going to fucking die. Yeah. Why? Because oh, of the strength. Yeah. Yeah. And I was... And, and you know, like, I'm, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure it was necessary. No, I wanted to see more of him. I really wanted to see more of him. And, but and, also... That's true. And he has that, before that scene, the great line he has with uh, Ben. It's like, if you strike me down, you make me stronger, but I'll be with you forever, forever. like Han. Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Here's yeah. a nice paper cut. Do you want some fucking orange juice on it? Like, it's really needling Kylo. I did feel, it was weird that, like, when he came out then, he gave the impression of still, like, I have to correct the mistakes I made. Yeah. Bob Morton had to die, has to die. Yeah. Like, I thought that felt off for Luke. I thought even now he's like... Because Yoda's like, you know, all the, all the Jedi shit was like, that was bullshit, man. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry about that. Like, but, but it's just like that bit when he goes out and Kylo Ren is like, I want you to aim all your artillery yes. at that man. Yes. <laughs> and Hux is like, stop. And like, no! He's like, I, do you think you got him? That great line that he's got. You know? Um, but like, I think it's revealed in this that, you know, Luke had a moment of weakness yeah he saw the darkness within Kylo Ren yeah. and he raised his lightsaber in anger yeah which is the way of the Sith yeah anger leads to suffering and suffering leads to the dark side yeah and they played that nicely with the two ways the CG on young-ish Luke was weird yeah but um, I really liked that but for him again maybe he was just playing for the crowd yeah because he knew he wasn't going to kill Kylo Ren yeah but for him to see he was like he was going to kill Kylo Ren seemed off for me because Luke wouldn't do that yeah he would always he saw good in his father and Ray says to him as well like you know there is good in him there's good in all of us yeah there's uh, Yoda says I think as well it's light side dark side yeah I've realized now I've been dead for 30 years it was all bullshit yeah you know there is no it's, we're all part it's of the like, same you know, thing we're going to do something good one day we're going to do something bad the next day yeah it's like we're, we're human yes yeah and I think that's again that's this grounding that that's they're doing the, that's also the core the core of what, what the, they're trying to do now with this series. Because Kylo's like, kill the past. Or was it, uh, let the past die, kill it if you have to. Yeah. Whereas Rey is, I think, and someone else says, learn from it. Yeah. It, we we got to learn from it. And I think that's where they're going with like, he says, as long as she's alive, I won't be the last Jedi. Yeah. But also, I think he is. She's something different. No, no, no. She, he doesn't say, he doesn't say as long as I'm alive. She, as long as she's alive. He, he says like, uh, I, I, if I die, I promise you, I will not be the last Jedi. Yeah. You know. But um, I think she's something better. Because like, even when she went to do the meditation, and she's like, you went straight to the dark place and you didn't even fight. Yeah. That's like a really scary moment that it's also yeah. like, well, you want to just check it out. Yeah. You want to go for a walk, check it out, see what's yeah. going and on. And then, but that, but that also sort of like, I mean, she better turn out to be like some fucking god or something, you know, because, because I don't I, know. I, I think it makes more, I mean, I like the, the prequels made the mistake of making it this virgin birth bullshit. 
and yeah. the one who will be like bang, balance of the force balance of the force is we all just get along yeah. you don't rely on these it, it, you don't want because the other way is heading to God Emperor Dune have you read God Emperor Dune no it's like where the guy says I have to become an absolute monster in order to guarantee 10,000 years it's, a, it's the same in Dune like he has to become a monster in order to guarantee 10,000 years of peace mm. but that's not great yeah. to have to do that you should be able there should be another way which is hey let's let, let's get everybody on board with like making the world a better place and do yeah. it together yeah. and not have the, not, not have to force humanity to do this thing mm. and the fact that she's the mirror thing what did you think of the pit the mirror thing was like I thought that was cool it was cool visual I, I but mean, I didn't quite get it I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily understand the relevance yeah. of why it needed to be like that but uh, in just in terms of being something cool and a little bit trippy I enjoy, I thought that yeah. was cool and I mean they just again another mystery from the previous movies like nah fuck it she's just normal and she's like, your parents sold you for, for drinking money. Yeah. It's like, fucking rush. Yeah. But I, I like that. But I think the thing, the key there is that... If but that I'm, was, sure, if that was I'm Ky- sure there's more to that. Maybe. But I think the thing, key thing there is that if that was Kylo Ren's weakness, Kylo Ren's weakness was exploited by Snow completely. And he tries to exploit Ren's weakness in that manner. But she's like, nah, it's fine. Yeah, I come from dirt. But it's cool. Like, you don't... You fucking Sarah from Labyrinth. You have no power over me. Yeah. Now, visually... The fight scene with Ray, Kylo, and the Praetorian guards. Yeah. Why don't the Empire just have loads of those guys? <laughs> yeah, those, those guys are <laughs> they badass. Can, they can fight Jedi yeah, yeah. Like, and hold their own yeah. and have awesome armor. Yeah. I mean, that scene, there's a moment at the beginning of that. I talked to Uma and Bahir about this. It's like the the, hall, the, the the corridor, the fight on the steps in the Matrix where everyone's yeah. just fighting. There's multiple things going on at the same time and it's all badass. Yeah. I was like, that's a hugely amazing shot. And yeah. There's something going on. There's that long shot. Yeah. There's some other stuff they do with light speed. Mm-hmm. When the oh yeah when, when, the, when, when uh, the, uh, Finn when, and Rose's when, when, pod comes out around Canto Bite yeah because yeah, yeah. like you stay with the ship and yeah. it's in light speed and the world comes into being around it yeah badass and also when um, when Laura Dern Kamikazes when, when, when Laura Dern Kamikazes that Fuck. shot is brilliant I thought the sound had broken no no I I, I didn't I mean I, I was like that's but it's like what I realized it was like that is so fucking cool yeah because she didn't like jump around she went straight through those fuckers yeah yeah and yeah. it's just like. Tearing it up, yeah. So fucking no, up. that was great. That that one shot when it when it just tears through it, you're just like fuck. And it's again the whole cinema, the whole cinema, <laughs> just like whoa. Yeah, there's, a, there's an, an audible intake of breath in there. Yeah, yeah. And then Hooks is like, she's she's fleeing, sir. It's like she's not fleeing. Fire everything. <laughs> <laughs> how did uh, how did your audience react uh, in the uh, the force projection? They didn't really. I didn't get. I didn't get a sense of being good or bad. It was just mm. like, oh, that happened. I mean, I think I got more of the sense from when Yoda turned up. Because it was thought, all like, what? I thought something was a little off, but I couldn't quite oh, tell because was of the his, lighting. I actually... And the hair. Yeah, it was the dye job. Yeah. He had a dye job because it's how... Despite, you know, being a Jedi, he still sees himself as 10 years younger. Because his hair... He's like, he looks... He's not wearing the bulky robes. He looks a bit slimmer. He's wearing slimmer clothes. Yeah, and and his, not, his beard is trimmed. Is, is trimmed. And, and his and, hair is darker. And that didn't make sense to me. I'm like... Yeah, I was like, is there a salon on the way from... Um, Did he stop by cut above? You yeah, know, and like just like <laughs> exactly. get a fucking haircut. But, but like, again, it's a, it's a clue. What's coming on? It's so fucking clever. I mean, Ryan even Johnson's... even though I knew something was off, yeah, like it's like I just I was so in in I was so so I was so enraptured by the imagery and yeah. by what was going on. And it's like fuck, it's Luke and Leia in the same fucking room. Jesus fucking Christ! Fucking at at walkers, crush the motherfuckers. <laughs> fucking crystal bones. I don't know what they are, but it's cool, I guess. And then they turn out to be plot points. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, because <laughs> because yeah, people were again people were losing like, their shit over the crystal. What the fuck dogs. is going on with these crystal dogs? Oh, that's what. The, okay. And again, there's a lovely payoff there where like, what's the force to you? It's like, oh, let you control yeah. people and lift rocks, lift and then rocks. she gets to the end. She's like, huh? Just lifting rocks. Just lifting rocks. That great bit was like, reach out, 
Yes, and then like she feel bad. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the force. That's he the takes force. Like, her hand with a leaf, <laughs> and then he smacks her. He's like, "Oh, you meant in here?" He's like, "Yeah." Like, yeah, that's a weird. It feels like a Marx Brothers comedy bit. You know, a little what bit, mean? a little bit. Oh God! And Mark Hamill can do comedy. Yeah, obviously. Fuck. Uh, and he can also fish with the giant pole, and like his daily. There's got to be an easier way to catch fish. <laughs> there's, a, there's another. Well, it's not one of those clips, but there's another great joke in there, which is like, "We need you in the. We need you in the thing." And I've seen your daily life. You're not busy. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of big yeah, laugh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I see where they were going with the Canto Bite stuff, especially near the end. The end felt like a love letter to that Star Wars kid from the 1990s who was ridiculed and mocked for swinging a broom around his basement. And he's got the Force. And he has the Force. Yeah. Like, those kids now are like, that's the thing, they're talking about the the legends again. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the interesting direction they're going to go when it's like, yes, propaganda, not propaganda, but it's like, good propaganda. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, this, this character will live on forever. Forever, yes. and that's that's amazing. Yeah, because they, they have toy ad-ads and stuff, right? Like yeah, word yeah, has gotten yeah. out. Yeah, word's gotten out about you know it, it, when Luke Skywalker fa- faced down sixteen ad-ads yeah. and walked away. It it kind of reminded me of the storytelling scene in Jedi when three uh, PO is telling the story to the, to, to, to the Ewoks. You know, it's, it's like Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Han Solo. Millennium Falcon. <laughs> we cars are doing so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, what I what I enjoyed, I flat out loved. Yeah. Uh, the bits that I there were no bits that I didn't enjoy. There were just bits that I felt didn't fit, didn't didn't work as well as other bits. And every yeah. time you have, like you know, in, in, it's like a two towers thing. Whenever you have your your main hero sort of split up, you're gonna prefer certain journeys over others. Yeah. And it's only natural. And unfortunately... Mary and Pippin are that interesting at the, at the castle. You know, after a while, it's like, Jesus, get this tree to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, but, where's Tom Bombadil? <laughs> but speaking of characters being apart, it's it's cool that like, so they got, they fixed Leah not hugging. You know, you know not what? Hugging, I, not hugging Chewie. You know what I was so hoping would happen? This is what I was hoping would happen at the casino because they said like, you know, the master code breaker has a flower. You know, the master code breaker, which is a nice little cameo by Justin Theroux, uh, would have preferred it if it was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, but who I would, who when when they said that, who I thought it was going to be was Lando. Oh wow, that would have been amazing. I, I thought it was going to be Lando. Yeah, and and I was like. Where's you Billy know, D? In, in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind, like, is it is it going to be Lando? Because it would make sense. Uh, it would make total sense. But we last saw Lando as a general of the rebellion, right? I know, but, but wait, he, wait, wait, he can wait, still wait, fucking gamble. Let me, every let me finish. Who do you think they're putting out the distress call to? Mm, Lando's on the expeditionary force in the outer rim, there checking out shit. There you go. Because they're, like, they're running out of legacy characters. Uh-huh. They need to fucking do something. I can't. They just killed Akbar off screen. Yeah. They didn't even get to say it's a trap or anything. Yeah. It's a hyperspace well, trap. It's like it's like a <laughs> you know, like something that would have been a great sign-off moment. Yeah, because there was a there was there was a Mon Calamari again. That name gets stupider and stupider every time I say it, and every time mm. I eat squid. But like, there's a Mon Calamari. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, like it doesn't look like him. He's gotten older. He's gotten yeah. darker. He's got a lot of tan. I think maybe it, it's a frap. It's a frap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was when 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 they said that, yeah. I was like, fuck, Lando. Lando, please be Lando. <laughs> that felt like that should have fit more. That, that, that kind of whole story. If, it was, Lan- if it was Lando, it would have really tied that that whole thing together. Yeah. You know, because as I said, like what that section needed was a legacy character. Yeah. And if it came back and it actually had any it actually had any impact. I mean yeah. the fact that, that the fact that they got caught by BB Hate. Or if Lando was Benicio's character. Yeah. If Lando was the guy well, in prison. Yeah, or something. Together. You know, yeah. something. 
Can you imagine Billy Williams just rocking up out of that fucking rack and just being like, like just, yeah, how you doing? Ah, oh, pretty lady, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it makes, again, we're just interesting places for them to go. Yeah. The Rebellion all fits on a ship. Yep. And that's it's, it. It's Battlestar. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a really, really tight budget. Yeah, <laughs> so we got to get that help coming in. I didn't like the skimmers. Although the skimmers looked a bit like B wings, and that's why I was like, those bombers at the beginning were super slow. But I did like the run on the the, the dreadnought and taking yeah, them yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. No, that was cool. Although um, I was a bit I was a bit worried about uh, Dameron Poe's handbrake turn because mm. like they don't do that in Star Wars. It's not possible. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can't just spin on a dime. But it did look fucking cool. Yeah, I mean the fact that when he turned on the booster, his goggles popped down. It's yeah. a small torch, but it was yeah. like, yeah, it's fucking badass. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a Star Wars. It's a, it's definitely a Star Wars. Yeah, and it's a new Star Wars. Like, again, like I, said, I can't, I can't explain how happy I am. There's no Death Star or anything like that, and that like it's constantly surprising. Yeah, and we don't know what's happening within this movie, and we don't know where it's going to go in the next movie. Yeah, and whether J.J. Abrams brings Snoke back is like. You fucked up all my toys. <laughs> it's like Snoke lives. He's just sewn back together. You can, just, you can just imagine like J.J. Abrams watching this thing, thing, watching this and going, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. But it, it also... Point- I got to throw out my first draft of yeah. episode nine. <laughs> episode nine. <laughs> for scene one in episode nine. Is Snoke and Ray's Snoke parents. <laughs> Damn you, Ryan Johnson. But it also points to, I mean... Uh, again from the junket someone was interviewing Ryan Johnson and they said like I'd like to do more Star Wars movies outside of Skywalker and stuff like that and Kathleen Kennedy said yeah like he didn't pitch them an idea apparently or at least he's not saying he did mm. it's not like he pitched them an idea that they said yeah this is a great idea let's do this yeah. I mean it's that they've once once Han Solo's over they've run out of they haven't got a third prequel a, a third in between movie that they've declared yet right we have oh, Han yeah. Solo, then we have Episode Nine, and then after that, it's what about Kenobi? Aren't they doing a Kenobi movie? They were supposed to be doing a Kenobi movie. They're supposed to be doing a Fett movie, but nothing's happened on those. They're they're about as likely as I think it's been mentioned again. The mm. DC slate, like Cyborg Three in twenty twenty five, it's like good luck. I mean, the great thing about uh, all of these sort of spin offs is that you know there's never going to be a Luke Skywalker film. No. Because they can't. No. They've already done a young Luke Skywalker movie. Well, and they, it was they, refer, they refer to the, the nine movies as the Skywalker trilogy. The yeah. Skywalker series. Yeah. This, is the, this, is the, this will be the last movie in the no, Skywalker I'm just glad story. that I will never have to... Not me, never say never. I'm just glad that I don't have to anytime soon watch another actor play that role. Yeah. Because I'm not looking forward to, seeing, to the Han Solo movie. No. I'm just not. Especially all the trouble it's been through. Oh, yeah. But I am interested to see what Ryan Johnson does and how he does it and whether Porgs turn up. Yeah. Porgs got to be a nine, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. it. We've we've. Uh, I I really enjoyed this film. We spent our geek juice. <laughs> uh, go watch it on the biggest screen you can find because yeah. it is worth seeing. On I don't know anyone who's seen it in three D. Is it in three D? Yeah, it's yeah. Like the press screening was IMAX, but no three D. Yeah, which I was very happy about. I would say some of that um, Starfield shit would look awesome. Yeah, and maybe some porgs in the foreground. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> I also you know. Um, when those were talking about like which characters in the prequels would anyone like and I was like the Death Sticks guy my new favourite Star Wars character is the guy who goes he touches the ground and goes oh salt <laughs> you know that guy yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like because like they've had this big visual of the white planet with red underneath it and then for one of the actual characters they go like oh this is kind of weird <laughs> uh, my favourite new Star Wars character is still Borgullet Borgullet 
Lies! All lies! You mean Baron Greenback from Danger Mouse? Poor Gullet will find the truth. I will get you next time. Danger Mouse! Danger Mouse! Penfold! Penfold! Hey, caramba. Okay. That's the end of our Star Wars The Last Jedi spoiler podcast. That's uh, coming to an hour, yeah. yeah. So let us know what you thought. We'll talk about it next time. We're on podcast at mcgettonfries.com. Don't forget our competition and may the force be with you. Thanks for listening. Always. <laughs>